On this episode of RevHang, Ben and I talk about the Gallagher Grand Prix in Indianapolis and the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RevHang. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today is my fellow car nerd and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Oh, pretty good. I'm about to become a uh, motorcycle nerd here pretty quick. I just got my uh, first step of my motorcycle license done, so that's exciting. Very exciting. That's super cool. I have been meaning to get that uh, certification myself. <laughs> yeah, so I really hopefully. channeled my uh, MotoGP knowledge that I've gained while doing this show when I went through all the slaloms and corners for the test. Yep. Just uh, out there with, uh, like, Valentino uh, Rossi. Yeah, I'm proud to say I lean the most out of any rider out there. (laughs) You know, honestly, that does not surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, all right, let's just jump right in. We've got a couple races to talk about today. We'll start with the Gallagher Grand Prix in Indianapolis, Indiana. This was the IndyCar race this week. Um, So we'll go through the top ten in qualifying to give you some context. On pole position was Felix Rosenquist in the McLaren. Uh, second place was Alexander Rossi, and third was Padua Ward. Four through six was Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, and Christian Lundgaard. And then seven through ten was Alex Pillow, Renas VK, Colton Herta, and Connor Daly. Um, some other interesting uh, things to note. Marcus Erickson did not put in a qualifying time, so he started last uh, in this race. Um, and then some other big movers were, uh, I know Scott McLaughlin started 15th and, um, everyone else, I think kind of just stayed where they were for the most part. Yeah. I was uh, glad to see that, uh, New Garden was still able to race. I know there is some question as to whether he'd be able to after, uh, some medical problems earlier in the week. So it was good to see him out in the track and doing fairly well. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. He took a knock on the head after the last race, and so um, uh, the medical tent did um, look at him and clear him eventually, but yeah, it was definitely good to see him out on the track again. Would have been a bummer, considering he's a very, very big championship contender at the moment, so uh, a DNS would not have been good for that. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, but all right, so on to the race. Uh, on the start, it, it was a uh, pretty clean through turn one, um, but Pato Award got hit in turn two and spun around. He stalled the car, but was able to get it going again. Um, but he ended up at the back of the field after qualifying third, which was pretty unfortunate for him. Um, yeah, he was going around the outside in turn two, uh, three wide. And Colton Herta just ended up, I think, making contact with Will Power in the middle. And then Power had nowhere to go and ended up tapping the back wheel of Award. And uh, that was that. So it was just a racing incident. But unfortunately, Award was the one that kind of got the short end of the stick on that. Yeah. Yeah, another guy who it kind of sucks to see him out, considering he's been uh, really fighting for that championship spot. Yeah, he's had some poor luck this season. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can either claw it back or you know just start fresh next year and hopefully have a better title uh, fight for him. But, yeah, for sure. 
yeah, this unfortunately probably did not help his championship hopes this year. Um, but anyway, uh, on lap one, Colton Herta flew up the field, reaching P3. He started in ninth place, so he made up six positions on the first lap. Um, pretty impressive stuff, but this is also the race that he won this year. Um, same track earlier in the season, uh, and it was a wet race, and he also dominated the field in that race. Um, so it looks like Colton Herta likes this place. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be the case. Yeah. Dalton Kellett spun and stalled his car on lap three, and that caused the first caution of the race. Um, Willpower decided to dive into the pits under caution. It was only it was only the third lap, like I said, so it was pretty early, but um, I think he had taken some damage when he got into a collision with Award on the first lap, and then Helio Castro Nevis on the third lap, so I imagine he went in to get that sorted. Um, but speaking of Helio Castroneves, that guy was absolutely dive-bombing people all day long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I see in the script you wrote, Helio Castroneves was sending it all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was the latest of all of the late breakers <laughs> in this race, and, uh, he actually ended up getting a penalty for causing avoidable contact, um, with, I believe, Kyle Kirkwood, but, uh... Yeah, he was he was entertaining to watch for sure. Just watching him dive from, you know, fifty feet back and ending up wheel to wheel with people. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Herta Colton Herta passed Alexander Rossi on the restart after the caution into turn one. Uh, so that was for second place. At this point, Felix Resnickvist was still in the lead. Um. Marcus Erickson slowly made his way through the field. Uh, he started P5, remember, and then I think by this point in the race he was P14. Uh, he eventually made it all the way up to P11, though, by the end of the race. Yeah, pretty uh, good Simon recovery Pasch drive. What's up? Pretty good recovery drive. Yeah, for sure. Definitely damage limitation <laughs> after starting last, um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm sure he wanted more. I know he said he was aiming for top 10 this race. He was um, so close. Yeah, he was pretty close. Uh, he just didn't quite have the lightning bolt pace that he usually does. Um, so, but P11's still a really good recovery. Um, he's still very much in the championship. So, not, not a huge deal, but, uh, he should be looking to finish probably top three for the rest of the season if he wants to win the championship. Yeah, yeah, maybe um, ne make it to qualifying next time. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, so moving on, Simon Pagino, unfortunately for him, ran out of fuel on lap 36, which caused a caution and um, a mass exodus into the pit lanes. Uh, but uh, yeah, you don't see that too often in uh, road races. That doesn't happen no. too much. No, he ran out of fuel pretty well calculated out yeah it wasn't even the end of the race or anything which usually when they run out of fuel it's it's on their last stint but a little odd um yeah but yeah a, anyway it was a great time for him to run out of fuel for everyone else yeah it made the pit stop very easy for everybody <laughs> everybody yeah. got to come in and pit under caution um so since everybody did get to pit under caution no one actually ended up losing out uh but, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, 
Um, so at this point in the race, Colton Herta was leading ahead of Alexander Rossi. And um, on lap 42, Herta had a gear gearbox failure, which ended his race. <laughs> another another race ended from the lead, just like last week. This is a certified Colton Herta moment now. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, he hit, a, he hit a curb too hard on one of the corners. And after he hit the curb, you hear a big bang, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, his you could hear his his engine was working, but it was not engaging with the car at all. And um, yep, it was a cut and dry gearbox failure. Um, so unfortunately, that was it. Uh, so he did not finish the race, um, that which promoted Alex Rossi to the lead of the race and after that Rossi just kind of controlled the pace he had no problem staying in front um but Scott McLaughlin like we've said earlier started 15th but ended up making his way all the way up the field to to uh finish fourth place pretty impressive drive from him yeah and then Felix Rosenquist dropped to ninth after starting on pole position I don't know what happens with this guy because he's really good at qualifying but then he just drops down in the race, um, and it's not like he doesn't have race pace because he's had good races and he's been fast in races before. But it just seems like he he always drops down the field, and I think like he never uses all of his push to pass, which I think is probably part of it. Yeah. He just doesn't utilize his push to pass like other drivers do. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It I noticed he, uh, I kind of stopped paying attention after he lost the lead, and I kind of zoned out, and then I came back, and I was like, wait a minute, where did Rosenquist go? Wasn't he in the yeah. lead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird to see him just kind of disappear to almost out of the top ten. Yeah, just so, a little strange. Um, maybe driving a little too conservatively, or thinking he'd need to save more fueler tires than he did who knows yeah it's possible um but yeah not not a great race for for the mclaren drivers with rosenquist in ninth and then padua ward ended up finishing 12th uh they've had better races for sure (laughs) that's one way to put it yeah um willpower after this race uh takes the lead of the championship with four races to go and uh, Rossi ended a three-year streak without a win as he crossed the line first. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it had been three years. That's, well, granted, it's before I started watching IndyCar in earnest. But that's a pretty long time to go without a win, at least in IndyCar, I think. Yeah, I think it was like 48 or 50 races or something like that, they were saying. Um, It's been a while. (laughs) But, yeah, good for him. Um, I know this has been kind of playing on his mind a little bit um so hopefully it's a good confidence boost for him uh, i'm sure i'm sure it is because i don't know how how it wouldn't be <laughs> um but it'd be good to see him finishing up higher more often i think because he's a very yeah. talented driver so yeah especially to you know show up a little more next to some of his teammates who seem to be doing a bit better yeah uh, and then his teammates, um, for those who don't know, are Colton Herta, and Roman Grosjean, and Devlin DeFrancesco. Yeah, so I guess when I say his teammates, which are doing a bit better, I mean Colton Herta. Herta. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Grosjean or uh, DeFrancesco have really been putting the nails to Rossine anyway this season. Yeah, it's kind of been a rough year for Andretti, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Chip Ganassi Racing is uh, having a good one. I don't know what the Constructors title really looks like right now for IndyCar. It's kind of hard to measure that because some some teams have one car and some teams have like six cars. So and they're all <laughs> it's different not exactly colors. A, yeah, it's not exactly a level playing field. Um, but anyway, so we'll go through the results of the race. In first place was Alexander Rossi, followed by Christian Lundgaard and Will Power. Four through six was Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, and Renus VK. 7 through 10 was Graham Rahal, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenquist, and Alex Pillow. 11 through 15 was Marcus Erickson, Pato Award, David Malukas, Callum Eilat, and Takuma Sato. 16 through 20 was Roman Grosjean, Connor Daly, Devlin DeFrancesco, Helio Castroneves, and Jack Harvey. 21 through 23, rounding off the finishers were Dalton Kellett, Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Kirkwood. And then the non-finishers were Colton Herta and Simon Pagano. So that rounds off our IndyCar section. Let's move on to oh, man. my favorite favorite uh, favorite new segment, Zoomer Rumors. Did it's not get Zoomer any responses rumor last time. week. <laughs> Zoomer Rumor time. Um, yep, the, op- the option is still out to you guys. Just hit us up at hashtag RevHankPodcast. Let us know if you want us to change the name from Zoomer Rumors to something better. Really not that not that difficult of a task, I don't think. And there's there's no time limit. Time is but a construct. Exactly. We're talking Zoomer Rumors. Yep. If you hear this like ten years into the future and still we're relevant. still podcasting, yeah. Uh if it's still Zoomer Rumors, please, in ten years. It's uh, it'd be what twenty thirty two at that point. You know yeah. who you are. You're probably the only one listening to this. Hit us it's up on me. Twitter. I'm the only one listening to this. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at me, Ben. Future Ben. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Zuma rumors. Alex Palou. Not really a rumor, but uh, just a continuation <laughs> from last week. Uh, sued by Chip Ganassi Racing. For his contract fiasco with McLaren. The best uh, part is, I think his lawyer said that they were expecting this. Oh, yeah. They were completely expecting this. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on in this whole realm of the this just part of the paddock in IndyCar. But, um... I... Wow. <laughs> yeah. You sue your own driver... And then expect him to go out and continue to fight for a championship in your car. Like I don't, I don't know what's. I I have no words. <laughs> yeah, like at first I was like, ah, oh, poor Alex Polo. He, you know, he probably made a gosh darn honest mistake, and uh, you know, is really in a, a bind, a pickle right now. And then his lawyer is like, yeah, we were expecting this. And I was like, <laughs> no way. Yeah, if I were to guess. I would say Alex Fuller will probably end up at McLaren next year because if I'm Chip Ganassi Racing, do I really want to sue my driver for however many millions of dollars and then put him in my car next year when and he obviously is not going to want to be there? Yeah. 
Um, so I think they're probably just suing for, well, I don't know if it's damages, but it's just a contract break, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, it'll probably get settled pretty quickly, I would imagine, but, um, yeah, lots of drama there. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. We will keep you updated as this story unfolds, but, uh, still very much in progress. <laughs> No one knows yeah. where Alex Pelot is going to end up next year for sure, so all yeah, remains speculation. Just... So I guess that part is still everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, another non, non-rumor, non but still sort of a rumor because it hasn't been officially announced or anything yet. Uh, some documents were leaked on the interwebs uh, that confirm Porsche's F1 entrance with Red Bull Racing. Um it's a document that states Porsche's intent to buy a 50% stake in the um, technical division of Red Bull, uh, which is the, the actual company that builds the car and uh, develops the engine. Well, actually, yeah, I think Red Bull Powertrains is a like subdivision of that. Um, but yeah, so it looks like that's how Porsche is going to want to enter the sport, is instead of making a standalone team, probably just develop the engine and the car with all of their racing experience um, along with Red Bull uh, as a 50-50 partnership, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and the the part about having all the like Red Bull racing and Red Bull powertrains be different subdivisions is uh, definitely true. Like, Porsche's not getting like 50% of Red Bull, the energy drinks company. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's specifically Red Bull Racing, which is a sub company. As I learned when uh, I tried applying for sponsorships through them, uh, Red Bull <laughs> Racing is really great to work with, and they respond back pretty quick. Uh, Red Bull, the actual company, uh, will give you the cold shoulder. So just FYI, if you're looking for <laughs> sponsorships, I guess that's awesome. <laughs> uh, makes sense though, for sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's that kind of rumor. We will update you as that unfolds as well. I think we're expecting some more official news on that front over the course of the summer break, um, which is this next month of August. Uh, so yeah, we will we will uh, update you as that unfolds. And then the absolute bombshell this week. Again, not a rumor. Uh, not a rumor, but we have many, many rumors after this that follow this. There we uh, go. Sebastian Vettel announces his retirement from F1 this season. Yeah, uh, he, he started Instagram for the first time uh, literally just to post a black and white video of him announcing his retirement. Yeah, it's like so many sub fans were so happy for about 10 seconds. The 10 seconds they saw his Instagram but didn't know what the first post was. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, he posted the like you said a video. Um, it's a pretty long video too, of him explaining his retirement and why he's doing what he's doing. He wants to go spend time with his family, and he has other things he wants to pursue in his life. Um, and uh, doesn't uh, th- those those needs for him do not anymore outweigh his uh, desire to put in 110 percent for uh, a racing team every week basically the long and the short of what he said yeah and um, that makes sense uh that's definitely a reason i'm not an f1 driver uh, no other reason is because i have a lot of other obligations and i just don't have time for it 
Yeah, that's fair. I'm also a busy guy, so I had to rule F1 out pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, so there are many rumors flying around this week about who is going to take Seb's place at Aston Martin. Um, we've got a couple of names thrown out here I have on the script here. Um, I've kind of put them in order of the, I think, probability that it ends up being those drivers. Um, so from first is like, I think probably the most likely to fill the seat. And then the last one we'll talk about is probably the least likely, but still on the table. Um, so first off, uh, Nick DeVries, the Formula E champion from last year, um, had a drive with uh, Mercedes in the first practice session in France and was basically on pace with George Russell, which is very impressive stuff. Uh, so I think, and plus he has uh, huge connections with Mercedes, and so does Aston Martin as uh, Mercedes supplies their engine. And um, so I think that makes sense to me with that Mercedes partnership there. Yeah, I kind of wonder, though, uh, Williams, I think, seems to be more the junior driver team for Mercedes. And I know that's kind of where the rumors were for him to replace Latifi here at some point if Latifi does get replaced. Uh, I know it's not as sure a fact as uh, Vettel being replaced, but I wonder if uh, he has a chance if he'll go to Aston or if he's going to have to go to Williams and stay kind of more in that Mercedes pipeline. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, we talked about Nick DeVries possibly going to Williams last episode. Uh, the more I thought about it, the less likely it seems to me because they have been... On, on the Piastri hype train for so long now. Um, uh, I think Piastri would go before DeVries, but now I think Piastri's main competition is actually Logan Sargent, who is the Williams Academy driver in F2, who I think is like in the top three in the championship at the moment and has won a couple of races this year. So Logan Sargent, the American F2 driver, is also on the table for Williams at the moment, which I think would be really cool. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know about Nick DeVries to Williams. It's still possible, very much possible. Uh, I think if he gets an F1 seat, it'll be either at Williams or Aston Martin here. So there's that one. The next one on our list is Mick Schumacher. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> what's up? Uh, no. I'll let you, uh, let you, let you go through this. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> So the Haas driver is an option, I believe, for Aston Martin uh, because <laughs> Sebastian Vettel uh, said in an interview that he was talking to Lawrence Stroll and highly praising Mick and trying to convince him to get him into a seat. Whether he, whether or not that's going to happen is, you know, all speculation. I don't know how likely it is, um, but uh, you know, if Seb's endorsing him, I I, I don't know. I think that holds a lot of weight. I mean, he's a four-time world champion, and I think he can see talent. Um, I know they're friends, but I think it still carries quite a bit of weight that Seb's endorsing him for that seat. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that I saw a lot of buzz about. Uh, and I was kind of wondering if it was more because Mick and Vettel are so close off the track uh, or for some other reason. But I honestly, I don't know if... 
Aston Martin's the team that I would go to if I'm racing for a Haas right now. Yeah, you know, if I were it, Schumacher, I wouldn't. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of lined up for not necessarily a, a championship win quite yet, but you know he's been scoring points. Uh, Magnussen or Magnussen seems like a, a pretty good driver pairing for him, and overall it seems like he's been having a, a pretty positive experience with Haas racing. Uh, so I'm not sure if he would take that and move either laterally or even down, as some people think, uh, to yeah. Aston Martin, even if it was Fran Fettel's seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. Um, you know, I think the only reason he would move is because it seems like at the moment his, you know, kind of fast track to Ferrari that he was on has kind of been slammed shut since Carlos Sainz has been performing so well. Um, yeah. So I don't know if he's kind of disillusioned. Well, not disillusioned. I, I don't know if he's maybe a little... Maybe he wants to get into a different track um, in terms of his his trajectory, trajectory in his career. But uh, I don't know. I think I would stay at Haas if I were him for now. Yeah, plus, do you really want to go to Ferrari right now? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Mick Schumacher. Uh, the next one on our list is Oscar Piastri, the F2 champion. Um, I guess they could scoop up Piastri. Uh, they would have to do it very, very soon, though, because I really think Piastri's going to go to Williams. Um, yeah. So if they want to really swoop in and steal this off the table that'd be quite the move that would be a huge story um so that'd be interesting to see he's the f2 champion from last year uh very deserving of a seat he had a crazy crazy junior formula career just like on the on the levels of leclerc and russell and norris where he was just an absolute standout talent so it'd be a real shame if he did not end up on the grid this year yeah, uh, and any way to get his foot in the door. Yeah. Just see him on the track would be great. For sure. Um, next on our list, the next three are kind of just uh, <laughs> shot in the dark. Maybe <laughs> it'll happen, but probably not. Uh, first one is Daniel Ricciardo from McLaren. Uh, this could happen, possibly, maybe. I know Ricciardo said he was committed to McLaren, but that was before there was another seat open, really. Yeah. Um. I don't know, that'd be an interesting pairing of Ricardo and Stroll. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know if As I could see Daniel Ricardo at Aston Martin. That seems like a weird driver team pairing. Yeah. They have yeah, it seems like the the way the team is ran it doesn't really it's not really conducive to Ricardo's personality. Uh, no. I think McLaren in terms of that aspect is a much better place for him. No, and it's kind of, I mean, aside from him being a pretty good driver, uh, it's kind of the reason they picked him up was because they thought his dynamics with Lando would be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, between him and Stroll, I don't quite know how that would play out. I feel like I haven't really seen any interactions between them in interviews or whatnot. Yeah, it'd be weird. I think I, I, I really don't want him to move there, but I don't think he will. I think he'll be at McLaren next year. Yeah, um, McLaren or bust. Yeah. So after that, 
we have Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, this would break the internet if this happened. Oh my gosh, can you... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be That's... insufferable on Reddit for The Hulkenbacks. <laughs> All the memes. Um, he is the current reserve driver for Aston Martin, so the only way I really see this happening is if for some reason they cannot find another driver quickly enough. But they've got, like, six months to find a driver... And we just listed, like, I'd say three of the five that we've listed to so far are wide open and would take that seat in a heartbeat if they were offered it. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, I, I love Nico Hulkenberg, but I don't think he's as fast a driver. And I don't think he quite has the upward potential as a lot of the people who are further up on this list. Yeah, he does have experience, and that would be good for developing the car, but like you said, I don't think his potential is as high as other people's. I don't. I think his his ceiling is a lot lower. The junior formula and like Formula E drivers have just as much skill, if not more, than Hulkenberg, so as much as I love Nico, I think his, his time in Formula 1 is probably just about done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you have to think, too, in terms of the the marketing and the kind of more publicity side of it. Uh, it's a lot more exciting for Aston Martin to bring in a, a new driver with new potential than to bring in an old one who, uh, when he did drive for Vettel as a replacement earlier in the season, didn't really show any promise as somebody who could take up the torch uh, and consistently score points for the team. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he holds the record for the longest career without a podium. Not an enviable record. <laughs> no. Uh, so, would it be cool to see him come back and Aston Martin all of a sudden be a top three team and him getting a podium at some point? Yes. Is that going to happen? I would say probably not. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. No. Um, but, yeah, that's how, that's how it goes. That's F1. And then um, our last name on the list... Uh, that I've heard a couple of people say is Pierre Gasly. Uh, the only mm. reason I would see him jumping, well, the only reason I would see him moving is if he's just fed up being a secondary Red Bull driver. Uh, but at the moment, that'd be a pretty lateral move. Alpha Tori and Aston Martin are pretty close in performance right now. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if he's just tired of being in the Red Bull system, which, honestly, I wouldn't blame him. Uh I could see this happening, but I don't know. We'll see. Pierre's an interesting, interesting story because his his uh, stock has definitely gone down since last year. Yeah, for sure. And his his goals seem to be changing a little bit too with that. Yeah. So. Um. So we'll see what happens with Pierre. I think he is signed on actually to AlphaTauri for next year. So, um, if he did jump to Aston Martin, it'd have to be a contract break. And uh, he can talk to Alex Pillow about why he might not want to do that. <laughs> can um, race for AlphaTauri and Aston Martin next year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. All right. That concludes our Zoomer Rumor segment. Um, let's move on to the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix. Oh, boy. Qualifying top 10 were... Russell, Sainz, Leclerc, Norris, Ocon, Alonso, Hamilton, Bottas, Ricardo, and Verstappen. Uh, so, 
I'm sure a couple of you might have raised your eyebrows when Verstappen was last on that top 10 list. Uh, yeah, Red Bull had a really bad qualifying. <laughs> a certified Red Bull powertrain moment, baby. We're back. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, so Sergio Perez just was not very quick in qualifying. He invalidated a lap early on in Q2 which was then reinstated while he was on his second lap and then his second lap I don't think improved I don't even know it was kind of there was a lot happening in qualifying at the same time um but yeah Perez ended up get, going out in Q2 pretty much slowly on pace so <laughs> just really bad qualifying for Perez not not good stuff from him unfortunately um yeah and then Verstappen went out for his first lap, set a kind of mediocre time in Q3, and then on his second lap he left the pits, and his engine was acting funny and was done on power, so he was also not able to improve his time there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story there in qualifying. Uh, I don't really see anything else that's super shocking. Uh, other than Russell on pole, it's Russell's first pole position in his career, so really cool. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, I was excited. I don't know if I was as excited as Crofty or any of the announcers were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that to, British bias for you. <laughs> I had to knock my headphone volume down a little bit uh, when yeah. he, he took pole position. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. point. Latifi in FP3 was the fastest. Yes. Latifi in FP3. Putting up the, the best time... Uh, on the board in the wet conditions in FP3 and Alex Albon was P3 uh, with and Leclerc then the universe second. corrected uh, and he ended up qualifying 19th so all is well in the world but I thought I'd mention it yeah another thing funny thing uh, Nicholas Latifi in Q1 put in a purple sector 1 and oh, yeah. still qualified last <laughs> for 19th <laughs> or something yeah uh, yeah it was like it was like three quarter second off. Yeah, he was actually on a pretty good lap, and then he he messed up the penultimate corner, and that ruined his entire lap. And he was pretty mad at himself, <laughs> as I would be too. Man, uh, but all right, let's go on to the race. Um, both Red Bulls and Hamilton had good starts, making their way up past a couple of the the uh, Alpines uh, were the kind of noticeable ones. Um, Hamilton's start was actually, it was, he made a really good move around the outside in the turn one, uh, passing both Alpines. Um, that was kind of a recurring story to this race was Alpine was kind of just getting in their own way and letting people pass them. <laughs> Man, yeah, that was frustrating to watch. Yeah. Uh, but at least we made it past the first lap or rather the first corner. Yeah. No bowling this week. Um, it was, uh, it was interesting because for most of the week it said it was supposed to be raining for qualifying in the race. Um, but then it was just dry for both, except it, it started to rain just a little bit at the very end of the race. Yeah. Yeah. Bottas found a way to DNF anyways, even without the, the bowling adventure, but. Yeah. That was thanks to that patented Ferrari power unit. Oh, a Ferrari powertrain moment. Man, I've never heard of one of those before. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're collecting all the certified powertrain moments this year. Yep. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, after the start, uh, Russell maintained his lead against Carlos Sainz and uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, on lap 12, Hamilton and Verstappen got past Lando Norris. Um, once we got to the first pit stops, kind of in the early 20s, uh, Leclerc was able to overcut Carlos Sainz. Uh, he pit on lap 22 and came out in second place behind uh, Russell. Uh, and then on lap 31, he actually caught up to and passed Russell into turn one. Um, then uh, we kind of went around a few times, not much happened. And then on lap 40, Leclerc pit for hard tires. So Ferrari strategy enters the chat. Uh, yeah, this... Uh, I, I, I can't believe... They, they did that. Yeah. So, for to explain why this was such a poor decision, uh, the Alpines at this point and several other cars had uh, gone on to hard tires earlier on in the race, and it was clear that the hard tire was not the tire to be on, as it was like over a second slower per lap than the mediums, and didn't really last that much longer. Uh, so, it was really just a slow tire, for <laughs> there was no benefit to using it, but Ferrari said, "Hey, that looks good to us." I really want to meet the dartboard they're using to determine their strategies at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like, kind of. Um, so Verstappen was able to close the gap to Leclerc pretty quickly, and passed him pretty easily into turn one on lap forty-one. Um. Then he spun the car on the next lap, which let Leclerc back through, but um, it was a full 360, so he was able to keep going, and he only lost probably two, three seconds of time total. Uh, it's actually pretty impressive, because you can see as he started spinning, he knew he was going to spin, so he just lit up the rear so he would go all the way around rather than flying backwards across the track. Yeah. That's definitely uh, some experience showing right there. Yeah, uh, just absolutely brute forcing that car around the track. Yeah, um, but that didn't last long. Uh, Leclerc's lead on lap 45, Verstappen was able to pass him again into turn one. Um, on lap 54, Russell passed Leclerc to take P2, and then he just can, like continued to drop back after that. He went into the pits on lap 55 for soft tires. Um, so another kind of like weird Carlos signs unnecessary pit stop kind of thing. Uh, I just, it's just baffling. I just don't understand sometimes what Ferrari's thinking. Um, but yeah, Leclerc pit again for softs. And then, uh, we had Hamilton making moves on signs on lap 50, on lap 63 and then Russell on lap 65. So Hamilton moved up to P2, uh, and then Leclerc continued to drop back through the field as it started to rain. Um, but yeah, the race ended uh, with Verstappen, Hamilton, and Russell on the podium. That was a lot of work just to get <laughs> throughout the entire season, just to come back to the Verham podium finishes like last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this race was was weird. I don't know. It was not honest. To be completely honest, it wasn't very exciting. It was kind of boring. Um, but 
I mean, we got some good Ferrari strategy memes out of it, so there's a good trade-off, I guess. No, it was a terrible trade-off. <laughs> well, I guess if you're a Ferrari fan, it's not a not a good trade-off. But <laughs> not even a Ferrari fan, it just hurts at this point. It it is kind of hard to watch. It's like they're becoming like the laughing stock of the paddock, and it's kind of sad because they're such a legendary team. Yeah. No. It. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if we were to see inside the mind, it would be of a Ferrari strategist, it would be kind of like the uh, end of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where uh, the lady asks, it's like, I want to know everything, and uh, she melts. <laughs> yeah. That's a long metaphor, but I was trying to say, if I was able to see inside the mind of a Ferrari strategist, I'd probably melt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I'll work on uh, conducting the metaphors a bit better in the future. <laughs> no worries, man. You're, you you got this. Um, so, fastest lap went to Lewis Hamilton, and the driver of the day went to Max Verstappen. Um, the results for the race, uh, the top three on the podium were Verstappen, Hamilton, and Russell. Four through six was Sainz, Perez, and Leclerc. Seven through ten was Norris, Alonso, Ocon, and Vettel. 11 through 15 was Stroll, Gasly, Joe, Schumacher, and Ricardo. And then 16 through 19, rounding off the finishers, were Magnussen, Albon, Latifi, and Tsunoda. And then our one DNF this race was Valtteri Bottas with a mechanical failure. So, yeah, like we've been saying, Ferrari, Ferrari strategy strikes again. Not, <laughs> just can't, just can't seem to get on top of it. I don't know what's going on. Do you think they're going to learn from this? Do you think they're going to get better throughout the season? Or do you think this is as good as it gets for Ferrari? It's like, I want to say that they're going to learn from it. But considering they basically made the exact same mistake they made with Sainz last race, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is, it's like, I want to say they're going to get better, but it's, they haven't given me any reason to actually believe that. Yeah, but on on the other hand, like, how could they, like, if you make a mistake twice, how could you not get better? Because you, you should be figuring out what the mistake was by now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I They'll probably get a little better in the second half of the season. Um, but, yeah, we'll just have to see. It's, it's going to vary from race to race, obviously. Yeah, it's like watching a five-year-old stick their hand on a hot stove. And then, after he heals from that, he sticks his head in the oven. Yep. <laughs> they just haven't learned. So, hopefully they have a, a month to put their strategist in a strategy simulator. Uh, and mm -hmm. get some, some good laps in the strategy simulator. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, Max Verstappen won this race, and he's just looking absolutely unstoppable right now. Yeah. Uh, so much momentum there's like going into the summer break with this huge win from 10th place he's just going to be so confident when he comes back and he's got i mean what probably equals the best car on the track or at least it is when he's driving it um yeah i just i don't see anybody catching up to verstappen like even if mercedes has this 
resurgence that they keep saying they're gonna have after Spa. I think they're too late. Like I don't, I don't see because George Russell is the closest Mercedes driver to Max Verstappen right now, and he is exactly 100% or 100 points behind him. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, so Red Bull just has to continue to not have the worst strategy team on the pit wall, and I think they're golden. Yeah, but 100 points to give you an idea of how much of a lead that is over Russell, that's four Max Verstappen DNFs with George Russell winning the race. Which could uh, happen. We're which not could saying that it won't happen. Yeah. However. <laughs> not likely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's too, too much of a lead. Um, and then his lead on Leclerc, he's got a 70 point lead on Leclerc. So it's pretty much the same boat. Like, I just think he's too far off in the distance now with only like nine races left. I think something like that. Yeah. We Um, do have a a pretty juicy fight for second though. Yeah. Uh, All the way from second to sixth, Charles, uh, Perez, Russell, Sainz, and Hamilton are all within about 30 points of each other. Yeah, this uh, the, the race for second place is definitely heating up um, in the Drivers' Championship for sure. Uh, yeah, anybody in that group you mentioned could easily take second, uh, just depending on how the cars perform in the next half of the season. Um, but yeah, Mercedes is definitely making a comeback. Um, they got another double podium this week, just like they did last week. Um, so I would not count them out of getting second in the Constructors' Championship either, uh, especially with Russell now passing science. So, um, yeah, that could go either way. Second, the driver, and the Constructors is very much up for grabs, as well as the drivers, actually. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the hard tires this race were not uh <laughs> not it they they ruined a few people's races like both of the alpines were slow and uh dropped back quite a ways because the hards daniel ricardo was having a fantastic race until he pitted and asked for soft tires and they put him on hards and then he dropped back to like 15th after he, he was like in, he was like in seventh or eighth like he was he was right up there with norris and then they put him on hards and he dropped back so fast yeah, no, uh, he had some great overtakes, too. And, oh, uh, yeah. He, they, they just bombed his race. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there were there were a lot of people whose races were affected by the hards. Um, that's just kind of how it went in this track. Uh, the tires are different at every track, so um, especially in the first year, teams aren't really going to know what, uh, what to expect performance-wise, so strategy mistakes are going to happen um pretty much without fail (laughs) yep um and then a little bit of a tidbit of information a little nice little stat for you ben uh leclerc has one podium in the last five races oh no that's the worst yeah wait did joe Joe finish this race he did yes wow yeah i've been putting together a uh little Comp like a uh, compilation of statistics and fun stuff numbers wise that oh, uh, we'll look at in our mid-season review episode, which will be our next episode that'll come out in a couple weeks. 
uh, over the summer break. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. <laughs> Gotta love the stats. Um, so yeah, we talked about our championship standings a little bit. Max is still very much in front. Uh, fight for second. Very heated. And then the battle between and the constructors, the battle between Alpine and McLaren continues. They're going back and forth still. Uh, Alpine takes the lead over them in fourth place uh, after this race. So, yeah, that could go either way by the end of the season. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing, Verstappen doesn't need to win any more races to win the championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he can finish that's... second every every time, and he'll win the championship. Pretty nuts. Crazy to me. Just absolutely dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the reasons I just I don't think anyone's gonna catch him is because all he has to do is finish second at every race and he'll win the championship. But I'm sure he'll win several more races. Uh, I would not be surprised if he won the championship by like Mexico. <laughs> I know a yeah. lot of people a lot of people were saying that they want to see Verstappen win the championship in Mexico by getting second with Perez winning the race because that would just be the ultimate Red Bull party. Oh my gosh, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be crazy. Um, okay, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, too, now. Yeah, let's hope for that. Uh, but that wraps up our Formula One segment this week. Uh, we'll move on to our overtake of the week. I gave this one to Daniel Ricciardo, uh, overtaking Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon in Hungary. Uh, this is the overtake you briefly mentioned earlier on, Ben. Yep. I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was into turn two in Hungary. Um, Alpines were kind of tripping over each other a little bit, and Ricardo just took advantage of the situation and sent it down the inside and uh, flew past both of them. <laughs> yeah, beautiful double overtake. Yeah, it was awesome. And then he boxed for hards and ruined his race. Very um, cool. But yeah. <laughs> so good stuff from Ricardo this week. Um, the pit stop championship time. Uh, this week, Sergio Perez is back on form, finishing in first place, uh, with a time of 21.118 for his total pit stop time. His total pit box time, uh, the time stationary was 2.1 seconds, and I believe that's the fastest of the season, because I think 2.3 was the next fastest. Yeah, um, sounds about right. So, and then with Verstappen having a 21.2 time in second place in the pit stop championship, uh, I think Verstappen's pit stop would have broken that record too. So Red Bull was very, very on it today with their pit stops. Yeah, I, I still miss last season's sub two-second pit stops that we saw to Red Bull, but 2.1 is okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we start getting sub two-second pit stops in the next year or two as they get better and better. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, the regulations changed specifically to slow people down, so who knows if that'll actually happen. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so Perez and Verstappen were the first two, and then after that it was Vettel, Gasly, Ricardo, Leclerc, Tsunoda, Stroll, Hamilton, and Russell rounding off the points. Um, so any movement in the championship? Not really. Perez is still very much in the lead. Uh, 
I think most, actually, I think everything pretty much stayed the same in terms of positions in the Pit Stop Championship. Yeah. Let's move on to our predictions for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Oh, boy. Do you want to, well, let's uh, remind everybody of the top five. Uh, it was Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Sainz, and Perez. All right. I had my, my first top two uh, locked in. I had Verstappen and Hamilton. I uh, had Perez, Russell, and Alonso rounding that out with the Claire as a dark horse. Mm-hmm. And then and I had... that didn't work out super well. Yeah. <laughs> Leclerc didn't actually end up in the top five. Wow. Brutal. Um, I had Verstappen winning, followed by Perez, Sainz, Leclerc, and Hamilton with Russell as my dark horse. So I got Verstappen and Russell correct. But that was it. We, we take whatever points we can get. Yep. Usually two is about what we get. <laughs> yep, that's par for the course. Yeah. All right. Fastest lap prediction. Uh, we both uh, said Verstappen, right? Yep. And then the fastest lap actually went to Hamilton. And then driver of the day. I, <laughs> I said, said Hamilton. Le- yeah, I said Leclerc. And uh, it was actually Verstappen. Ver- Verstappen, yep. So... If you would have switched your fastest lap and driver of the day predictions, you would have gotten both of them right. That would have been so great. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately I predicted Hamilton having really bad qualifying and shooting his way up to podium. Uh, and then it was for stopping. So. Well, actually, now that you say that, he did. <laughs> he had a kind of mediocre qualifying and then shot his way up to second place. I guess he um, did. Not nearly but... as much as I was thinking. I, I had in mind, like, this guy's starting in 15th and he's going to get, like, oh. second. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think he's uh, his race kind of got overshadowed by Verstappen starting 10th and then winning the race by like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, alright, so let's move on to our predictions for the Belgian Grand Prix in late August. Oh boy, that's like a long time away. I'm going to miss this sport. <laughs> time to hit the simulator. Yep. Um, alright. Who went first last week? I think I did, so why don't you take the reins on this one, Ben? Alrighty. Uh you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Verstappen first. Uh, I'm gonna put Russell second and Hamilton third. Uh I, I would love to put the Ferraris higher, but I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, uh Verstappen Russell, Hamilton, Sainz, and oh, uh, I don't know. He's he's another contender in there. Uh, I'll put Perez fifth, and then my dark horse will be Leclerc, just in case he doesn't DNF this time. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, oh, I'm okay. I'm gonna go bold and say. Carlos Sainz win this, wins this race. Stunning. And Leclerc... No, okay. Yeah, Carlos Sainz wins, followed by Verstappen, Russell, Hamilton, and then Leclerc fifth with Perez as my dark horse. Wow, that's a lot of faith in Ferrari. Well, okay, so the reason, the reason is is because Spa is very much a power circuit, and Ferrari has the best, or the fastest engine. Um, whether it will blow up or not remains to be seen. 
<laughs> and whether Ferrari will screw up their strategy also remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I'm I'm betting that Leclerc gets a little uh, messed up by Ferrari strategy, and so Sainz wins the race. That's my reasoning there. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, all right. Um, fastest lap prediction. Uh, I'll put Leclerc. Leclerc. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. I'll say Max Verstappen. All right, driver of the day. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. How about that? Okay, Sebastian Vettel. Um, who do I think is gonna? I'm gonna say Lando Norris. All right, so we got some uh, less seen names on that board for that. Yeah. Cool. That will be uh. An interesting, uh, interesting one to see how that goes. Uh, but that yeah. is like a month away, so <laughs> we'll be waiting a little while. Yeah, um, got a little, a little bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have anything else you'd like to tell the people before we sign off, Ben? Uh, no, not really. Alrighty. Well, like we've been saying, it is the summer break coming up. Uh, so no F1 for like a month. Um, we will have a couple of episodes coming out though. One of them will be a mid-season review, uh, where Ben and I just kind of go through what's happened so far, talk about some stats. We might talk about a couple of races from other series because, uh, those are going to continue as well. Um, and then possibly I haven't nailed anything down yet, but we might have Daniel back with Ben, uh, to talk about Le Mans this year and uh maybe go through some history and talk about why that's such a cool race um i'm looking forward to that i'll have to start writing that pretty soon (laughs) uh but yeah so we will uh keep you posted on the socials so uh, make sure you go follow us there as i'm about to ask you to do in my little outro paragraph here (laughs) but speaking of the outro paragraph Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rev Hang Media. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag Rev Hang Podcast, where you can also post a tweet giving us a new name for Zoomer Rumors. We would uh, love to feature your questions and comments on our show and uh definitely want to interact with you guys you can follow ben on instagram at benji meets world and or myself at two n underscore squared while you're at it go check out our website at revhang.com where you can find a calendar of upcoming races updated standings for the racing series we talk about along with our awful predictions for the f1 season we'll return in a couple of weeks to recap the first half of the season but until then i have been nathan Always wear your helmets. I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you later.